It's August 15th, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and I am honored to have you with me today as we jump into our Old Testament reading, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 22 through chapter 10, verse 39. As always, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. This is Nehemiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 22. Says, then you helped our ancestors conquer kingdoms and nations, and you placed your people in every corner of the land. They took over the land of King Sihon of Heshbon and the land of King Og in Bashan. You made their descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and brought them into the land you had promised to their ancestors. They went in and took possession of the land. You subdued whole nations before them. Even the Canaanites who inhabited the land were powerless. Your people could deal with these nations and their kings as they pleased. Our ancestors captured fortified cities and fertile lands. They took over houses full of good things, with cisterns already dug, and vineyards and olive groves and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate until they were full and grew fat and enjoyed themselves and all your blessings. But despite all this, they were disobedient and rebelled against you. They turned their backs on your law, and they killed your prophets who warned them to return to you. And they committed terrible blasphemies. So you handed them over to their enemies who made them suffer. But in their time of trouble, they cried to you, and you heard them from heaven. In your great mercy, you sent them liberators, who rescued them from their enemies. But as soon as they were at peace, your people again committed evil in your sight, and once more you let their enemies conquer them. Yet, whenever your people turned and cried to you again for help, you listened once more from heaven. In your wonderful mercy, you rescued them many times. You warned them to return to your law, but they became proud and obstinate and disobeyed your commands. They did not follow your regulations by which people will find life if only they obey. They stubbornly turned their backs on you and refused to listen. In your love, you were patient with them for many years. You sent your spirit who warned them through the prophets, but still they wouldn't listen. So once again, you allowed the people of the land to conquer them. But in your great mercy, you did not destroy them completely or abandon them forever. What a gracious and merciful God you are. I want to pause because I think... Uh, you know, often we would come to a different conclusion as we um, read about God. It seems like in our culture we're, we're quick to uh, put God on trial and say, "Look, God, you're not good." But for the reader here, he is just amazed at how long—or sorry, not the reader, the writer—he uh, is he's amazed at how long it's taken God uh, to to uh, give His judgment. He's shocked with the graciousness and the mercifulness of God, even sending His Spirit to warn the people through the prophets. And by the way. God has sent his spirit to empower Christians, to empower the church, to warn the people of God's coming judgment. We have the same mission. Uh, People who are uh, God-haters, people who actively try to destroy God's mission, God is being gracious and merciful with them, even sending people like me to record a podcast uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit and speaking the truth to you, that you have time to repent. You can repent, turn from your kingdom, turn from your way, believe in the one true God of Israel, who has revealed himself through Jesus of Nazareth, who came and lived the life you couldn't live, died the death you deserve to die, verifiably rose again and is now ascended to the right seat of God. He sent his spirit and all who trust in him might share in this gospel message. Yeah, the same God who is gracious and merciful in Nehemiah is the same God who is gracious and merciful even now. Continuing on in verse 32. And now, our God, the great and mighty and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love, do not let all the hardships we have suffered seem insignificant to you. Great trouble has come upon us and upon our kings and leaders and priests and prophets and ancestors, all of your people, from the days when the kings of Assyria first triumphed over us until now. Every time you punished us, you were just being just. 
we have sinned greatly, and you gave us only what we deserved. Our kings, leaders, priests, and ancestors did not obey your law or listen to the warnings and your commands and laws. Even while they had their own kingdom, they did not serve you, though you showered your goodness on them. You gave them a large, fertile land, but they refused to turn from their wickedness. So now today we are slaves in the land of plenty that you gave our ancestors for their enjoyment. We are slaves here in this good land. The lush produce of this land piles up in the hands of the kings whom you have set over us because of our sins. They have power over us and our livestock. We serve them at their pleasure, and we are in great misery. The people responded, In view of all this, we are making a solemn promise and putting it in writing. On this sealed document are the names of our leaders and Levites and priests. Moving into chapter 10, verse 1. The document was ratified and sealed with the following names. The governor, Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, and also Zedekiah. The following priest, Zariah, Azariah, Jeremiah, Peshur, Amara, Malachijah, Hadash, Shivaniah, Moloch, Harim, Merimoth, Obadiah, Daniel, Gininoth, Baruch, Meshielam, Abijalam, Mijiam, Maziam, Bilijai, and Shemai. These were the priests. The following Levites, Jeshua, son of Amaziah, Benua, from the family of Hinnadad, Kadamil, and their fellow Levites, Shibaniah, Hodadiah, Kilida, Peliel, Hanan, Micah, Rehob, Hashabaniah, Zakur, Shibariah, Shibana, Hodiah, Beni, and Benu. The following leaders, Parash, Poth, Moab, Elam, Zatu, Abani, Abuni, Azagada, Bibai, Adajunai, Bigviah, Adin, Ader, Hezekiah, Azur, Hodiah, Hashem, Beziah, Harif, Ananoth, Nabiah, Magipash, Meshalam, Hazarir, Meshalizavim, Zadok, Jadu, Pelatiah, Hanan, Ananiah, Hoshea, Hananiah, Hasab, Halotesh, Pilhiah, Shobek, Reham, Hashanabahana, Messaniah, Ahaniah, Hanan, Anan, Malak, Haram, and Baniah. Then the rest of the people, the priests, Levites, gatekeepers, singers, temple servants, and all who had separated themselves from the pagan people of the land in order to obey the law of God, together with their wives, sons, daughters, and all who were old enough to understand, joined their leaders and bound themselves with an oath. They swore a curse on themselves if they failed to obey the law of God as issued by his servant Moses. They solemnly promised to carefully follow all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our God. We promise not to let our daughters marry the pagan people of the land and not to let our sons marry their daughters. We also promise that if the people of the land should bring any merchandise or grain to be sold on the Sabbath or on any other holy day, we will refuse to buy it. Every seventh year, we will let our land rest and we will cancel all debts owed to us. In addition, we promise to obey the command to pay the annual temple tax of one-eighth of an ounce of silver for the care of the temple of our God. This will provide for the bread of presents, for the regular grain offerings and burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbaths, the new moon celebrations, and the annual festivals for the holy offerings, and for the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel. It will provide for everything necessary for the work of the temple of our God. We have cast sacred lots to determine when, at regular times each year, the families of the priests, Levites, and the common people should bring wood to the God's temple, not to the God's, excuse me, to God's temple, to be burned on the altar of the Lord our God as it is written in the law. We promise to bring the first part of every harvest to the Lord's temple year after year, whether it be a crop from the soil or from our fruit trees. We agreed to give God our oldest sons and the firstborn of all our herds and flocks as prescribed in the law. 
We will present them to the priests who minister in the temple of our God. We will store the produce in the storerooms of the temple of our God. We will bring the best of our flour and other grain offerings, the best of our fruit and the best of our new wine and olive oil. And we promise to bring to the Levites a tenth of everything our land produces, for it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all our rural towns. A priest, a descendant of Aaron, will be with the Levites as they receive these tithes. And a tenth of all that is collected as tithes will be delivered by the Levites to the temple of our God and placed in the storerooms. The people and the Levites must bring these offerings of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the storerooms and place them in the sacred containers near the ministering priests, the gatekeepers, and the singers. We promise together not to neglect the temple of our God. That concludes our Old Testament reading. Moving into the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 through chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 9, beginning in verse 19. Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. Even when I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I lived too under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Moving into chapter 10, verse 1. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as an example for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And moving on to our Proverbs reading for the day. Very good New Testament reading. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we are going to be in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 13. It says, Those who shut their eyes to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their own time of need. And we will end by reading the 34th Psalm, verses 1 through 10, in a posture of prayer. This is Psalm 34, beginning in verse 1, ending in verse 10. A Psalm of David, regarding the time he pretended to be insane in front of Amalbeck, 
who sent him away. Verse 1. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come and let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Lord, I've just been struck uh, in this psalm and in our reading today, uh, the theme of trust. As we read about the tithe in the Old Testament, we read about Paul um, giving his all for the cause of Christ. And we read in Proverbs um, that if we shut our ears to the poor, then ears will be shut to us when we are in our time of need. And then here we see here at the end of this psalm, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Lord, remind us, remind those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, who is the greatest gift, who is the greatest provision you've ever given us, that those of us who trust in you will lack no good thing. And that means we can give generously, we can live generously, we can be generous people, because we know we can never outgive our God in any way, shape, or form. And your generous spirit now lives within us. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for today's reading, my friends. Hope to see you back here tomorrow as we continue our journey reading through the Bible together.